Hey guys, welcome back to I Don't Deserve a Podcast, episode 8. I want you on my team with special guest Patrick McCormick. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Luke Peters and you guys know, you know at this point I don't deserve a podcast. (laughs) Um, But I hope that I at least deserve a listen for this one. Uh, I have an amazing guest. Uh, He has been running and collaborating on conferences for way too long. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick McCormack. Yeah, that's that's the name. That's the name. You got the name. I know. Yeah. I, I just call him Patrick. <laughs> it's fine. It's basis. fine. That's how I'm known to most people. No, it's uh, it's good to be here. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. You did a little preamble for our FITC uh, episode, and you're back uh, for your triumphant return. Yes, I did do that. Yeah. Many uh. many moons ago, <laughs> not immediately before we're recording. This. Of course, absolutely not. No. Yeah. You know what? I I live here and I move around and I don't stay in one place all day long. I've just kept you in like a vat <laughs> down down in the basement. I'm like, okay, we're ready for you, Patrick. And you're like, chip me out from a block of ice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very warm today, so it, honestly, that would be I wouldn't refreshing. mind that. It would be quite nice. Yeah. Uh, we're in uh, the beautiful, beautiful Backlane Studios recording this one uh, in a makeshift uh, audio booth. Uh, very, I don't deserve a podcast. Uh, we're very on brand here. No, come on. This is a great, you, it's a great baffle you've got yeah, here. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's two poles and a blanket coming soon to a theater new year. <laughs> uh, enough, enough faffing around. We, we, our audience wants uh, hot gossip. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, so you have been working conferences for quite a while now. You've worked with North by Northeast. Um, you've worked with FITC. You've worked with Turf. You've worked with a bunch of different uh, conferences and, and festivals and stuff like that. And I wanted to ask you kind of what started it all. Where did you start to get into that kind of field? I started volunteering. Yeah. I, um, I just moved to Toronto and I think I was in my second or third year of university. It was my first in between like summer where I was actually going to be living downtown. And I thought, well, you know what? I don't, I know my university people, but I was in, I was at Ryerson. I was taking marketing and I was with a lot of people who their mindset was, well, I'll get through my four years here. And then, you know, one of my parents will go and get me a job at their firm or like, I'll just go off somewhere. And it was a lot of people talking about when they were going to make their first hundred K. And it was just something I was not ever about. I was really always just kind of thinking, I want to find a job that doesn't make me want to split my head open every day. And I want to do something fun and be able to pay my rent. And like, that is where I'm at. So I don't know, maybe it was in the wrong program. I still feel like I got a bit out of it. But uh, that was where I, you know, someone said, if you want to, like you're a music nut, if you're into this, you need to get involved. Go and start volunteering at these music festivals. Go to CMW, go to North by Northeast. CMW just finished, so North by Northeast was the next viable option. Yeah. And I got in there my first year volunteering I still remember it very well somehow because I uh I didn't sleep for about five or six days because I was volunteering during the day at their like at the conference portion of that festival and then I was going out and seeing bands all night long I think I ended up at the end of that first year I think I saw 
like 40 bands wow. where I was just, well, it you know, it was a different festival then. It was like a really good like club crawl. Yeah. So I was like, great. I can go here and then I go here and here and here. And I was just like bolting around on my bike seeing seeing bands every night and that was what it was about then it was like i just want to meet people and have a good time and see a bunch of bands for free yeah and that's the thing like we were talking about this a little bit earlier um about that idea of like kind of the society we're in right now where it's really hard to get people to come out to do stuff and that idea of like up doing a bar crawl is something that i haven't really heard of not necessarily heard of but like they're like there's these big events but it's like that used to be something where it's like hey guys let's just do a bar crawl on friday or something like that you know yeah and i think it's a difference of like excitability to just go out and do stuff i think that a lot of people kind of have that like stowaway kind of mentality and so something like uh north by northeast uh or i keep messing up the name of the the is it north by northeast no it's north by northeast okay um like you have something like that where it's like there's a bunch of stuff going on in conferences like that where you have so much exciting like exciting little events that you kind of have you grow you get excited with other people that you're there with right sure like when i was doing that i really i didn't know anyone who i was going to be working with you know it was a team of i don't know how many different like maybe like 70 or 80 people at the time it grew into a, a much bigger team as the years went on but when I first started, I think I was a volunteer amongst a team of, yeah, probably like 75 or 80 people. Yeah. And I didn't know anyone, but I knew that these, I was, even though I didn't know anyone, I knew that these were people who were like me, who really just wanted to go and see some bands and like meet some people. And, you know, you have to be willing to kind of dive right into that. Yeah. And I think that that's that, that dive mentality is something that's, not necessarily missing, but kind of like fading away a little bit these days. It is, which is a blessing and a curse because I, I hate the idea that people do that where they sit at home and they just look on their phone. And they're like, oh, I could go here or I could go here based on what Instagram story they're looking at. But also it means that the people who do come out and get involved in these things are like they're all about it. And it's people who yeah. want to come out and they want to help out and they want to be a part of everything that comes with it. And that is, I mean, for, for someone who's actually managing that team, that makes a tremendous difference. Yeah, especially when you see like an event where you're filled with people who actually want to be there and actually are giving like they're all where you don't have to worry about is this person having a fun time? It's like, no, they, they paid to get here. They, they or they're volunteering with it cause they care. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. It, like, um, and not just because people put their best foot forward and they're working well. I mean, that's one thing that's great for me, but also that people are saying like, I'm willing to come out and work, but also I want to meet people. I want to get inspired. I want to go and, you know, have fun with people I've never met before. Like that's, to me, that's pretty amazing. You yeah. don't see a lot of people anymore who want to actively go and meet new people. You yeah. know, they're like, oh, well, I'll go and look at their Facebook profile or I'll look at their Instagram first. It's like, you don't need to do that. Like, just, just, take a just go and yeah. You know what? Because 90% of the time you're working at a festival with someone or you're working at a conference or whatever it is, you're working with people who have the same mindset as you. Yeah, and I think... A big thing with that too is just like surrounding yourself with with like-minded individuals the easiest way to do that is to find something you like and talk to the people that are there 
Sure. And Absolutely. that's, and so that kind of leads right into the next point of like, uh, you moved from doing, uh, North by Northeast and then you did, um, where you, did you go right into FITC after that? Uh, no, no. Um, I was like, I started my first year volunteering with North by Northeast and then, they liked what I was doing for them, so they gave me a little bit more responsibility in the following year. I was running uh, like a one on one private mentor sessions. And then the year after that, uh, the, the actual volunteer coordinators uh, said, We want you to help us with the team. It's getting considerably bigger this year. We're doing a bit more, we're going to have more people, and we need you to manage however many the team was then. Like, you know, I, I pretty much had my own team of people that I was worrying about where they're going and I was helping with the load in load out and the logistics of that. And then after that year I was running the entire team. So that was, I think my third or fourth year in where they said, you're running the show now, as far as our volunteers here, which became a team of about 150. And I ended up doing that for the next four or five years. Yeah. In addition to like, like at the time I was working in a bank. So I was doing that and then taking my two weeks vacation to go and like work, work on a festival, but it didn't matter because I enjoyed it so much. And it, it was, didn't feel like work. It didn't feel, well, it certainly felt like yeah. work by the end when you're like up till 4am every yeah. day and then you're back on the floor at seven, but it didn't matter because yeah, yeah it was, uh, such a fun experience and it was great to meet so many people, people who I still like a lot of them keep in touch with today. Yeah. Yeah. Like it seems like a really cool, de- definitely in the volunteer side of it from volunteering, um, at the, at the FITC, the conference in Toronto, um, you, you see, you see what a fun time the volunteers have and how everyone's working and collaborating. Like everyone wants to be there as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And like that was, I, I met the FITC team because they were working and they were, they were facilitating the conference. They were putting together the content and uh, doing that for North by Northeast for a couple of years. And that's where I met all of them. And they, you know, reached out and said, we want you to run the volunteer team at this, uh, like our, our big Toronto event. And that was how I started with them, where it was the same thing, you know, I'll sure I'll take a week off work, I'll come and hang out with you and I'll run another team. And yeah, it's always enjoyable. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you find uh, almost not necessarily growing pains, but did you find a jump between the two conferences in regards to your work ethic and the way that everything was organized? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think because when I came to FITC, it was a well-oiled machine, which isn't to say that North by Northeast wasn't because it certainly like at that point had been a long-standing festival, but uh, they were at a point where they were sort of reaching critical mass and there was a lot of things happening. So aside from what I was doing, I was having to send a lot of volunteers to work in different places. And it was um, growing pains there in the sense that like, I had all this extra stuff coming up and I didn't know what to do with some of it sometimes. You know, I had one of my good friends was working as my assistant. So between the two of us, we could usually figure out like, okay, we've, we've got these people here. And that's another thing that you don't really realize until it happens is that you have a team of 150 people. 
where yeah. you're like, I need to know where they all are at any given time. Because mm-hmm. you've probably got 80 of them working at one point. So you're saying, do you know where this, 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 this person are? And you, you have to know their names. So it's like you have to get the names of 150 people because you have to know where each one of them is going to be because you might need them to go somewhere else. And on top of that, you have to learn that all in a matter of three days. And so if you don't learn someone's name by the end of the three days, then you, they're like, okay. And that was, I hate to say that was a different time, but it was a different time where I started with that and people were applying online to be volunteers, but it wasn't like you just send them an email and say, oh, hey, cool, like you're in. We would actually call up every volunteer and do a phone interview with them just so we knew like, okay, like you're on the level, you seem like you're ready to work, great. Uh, <laughs> it's like thinking about the work of that now, the like hours of just calling up people. And at that time it was like 350 people. You're like, okay, we got to call all these people and make sure. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it was a nightmare. I know, it was it was just a lot of work. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I, but I guess I think the vetting process that way is really good versus like, uh, check off the boxes you can do, you know, like there's something nice about actually being able to talk to someone and get a vibe. It is. And I think you're already a point on your side. If you're picking up that phone and saying, yes, this is me. And you know, a lot of people will just let that go to voicemail and then they'll call you back later. And they're like, Oh yeah, I want to get in. It's like, well, you know, don't pick be up. afraid to pick up your phone. Yeah. Like I know that you get a lot of people doing their auto dialing scams nowadays, but, um, yeah, like it's it's very cool when someone's willing to pick up their phone and say, yeah, that's me. And I really do want to get involved. Yeah, that's how you know standing, you've got a good standing person. behind the passion and everything. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you you make that big jump from uh, North by Northeast uh, over to FITC. Yes. And you're now organizing about is it more more volunteers or less at the FITC when it started? Uh, when when started? I started working with FITC. I was running a volunteer team of about 120 people. Okay. Yeah. And the since then, the numbers have gone up a little bit. Like, I think right now, because we're, we're very focused on what we're doing, and we, we kind of have an idea of what we're doing all the time, there's, there's not a lot of surprises that really come yeah. up anymore. So, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it means that we've got pretty finite numbers. So for example, for the Toronto event that we do in uh, late April, um, we usually have numbers of about 130 to 140 every year. Wow. Mm -hmm. And And that's over four days. And I think that the big thing with that too is you have that number and everyone has a purpose and you were talking about that a little bit earlier, but like if you can go through like when it comes to the actual starting of like, let's say okay, two or three days before the actual conference start, what's going through your head in regards to volunteers? Like before we're actually on the floor, what's the big thing that's going through your head? Oh God, I hope they show up. Yeah. Every, well, and that's every day. Yeah. Every day for the first two hours in the morning, it's, oh God, I hope they show up because you can send a hundred emails to someone and get a hundred replies from them. But if they don't show up, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's not. That's not. Working. Yeah. So the, it it has become a process of like, I keep emailing people to a point because I want to make sure that you're still into this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'll, I'll email and say like, if you have any questions, if there's anything I can do to make this better for you, like, please let me know. Yeah. Not just because I want you 
to come out and volunteer, but I absolutely do because I like when I'm putting someone on a volunteer schedule, it's because I need them there. Yeah. But also because I really do want people to get the most out of the experience and not just the volunteering experience, but like, you know, what we do, uh, is like, you know, you volunteer with us for a shift or two little shifts or whatever it is, but then you're attending the rest of the event for free yeah because you've not for free i shouldn't say you've earned you've earned the work the pass to attend the rest of the event yeah and like that's i mean that's a pretty important thing not just monetarily but because it's like great you've put in the the work here's your reward you've probably met some other volunteers who are into the same stuff you are so yeah like you, you know you see people who are like oh yeah i'm in this too and like i'm into ux and i'm into like JavaScript, so we can go and check this out, and we'll check yeah. this out, and like I'll see you at the party tonight, and that's always great too. Like when we do night parties, and you see like groups of people who have just met, and they're all hanging out. It's oh, like, it's awesome! Yeah. And I, going back a little bit, just yeah, the idea of you talking about like emailing people back, like for me, like I messaged you basically, like because you you offered me the the volunteer position, I said, yeah, I'm so excited for the conference, but I didn't say yeah, I've confirmed I'm going to be there. And you're, you messaged me back and you're like, Hey, uh, you, you coming? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Oh no, I'm for sure coming. And I'm like, Oh, that's like so nice. Cause it's like, I, sh I like, Oh man, I guess I'm not volunteering at the conference just cause it was like a miscommunication or something like that. And it was just like, uh, no, follow up. I, well, you know, I mean, I wouldn't do that anymore because we obviously have a good rapport now and I know you are, and I know that you're into it, but for someone who's like, so, sometimes like, and people that I know, they yeah. will say things like that. They'll say, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's like, well, yeah, it is going to be great. But like, are you going to be there? I need you to say the words. Yeah, I'm going to be here for this shift. Yeah, exactly. And Just, it's, it's so funny because it's like, I think with volunteer, like especially because I come from a film background, like the term volunteer can be scary for a lot of people because it's not what you necessarily want. Like that whole thing of like, oh, you're doing it for exposure. You're doing it for X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, like if you're passionate about something, it shouldn't be about the money anyway. Uh, yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think that you For sure. following up, it's a very clear indication of you being passionate about you want to have a good team. You want to have people you actually trust and have worked with and you vetted. So it's like if, if all the people you vetted didn't show up, and you're like, well, I have to go now go through a new list or God forbid, have to figure something else out. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, jumping back for a second, like I was doing the same process when I was with North by Northeast. So I was calling people yeah, <laughs> a week before and just saying like, hey, it's me. I just want to make sure you really are coming out to volunteer for this because I really don't want to have to look for someone yeah. when it's 930 in the morning and we've got 400 people who want to get registered and there's no one at this desk because yeah. you're the person supposed to be at that desk. Have you had that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me about that. I've had days where you have half a team show up like you I, now it's, it's gotten better over the years because of communication and because people know that for the most part, these spots are limited. Like I, I would get on the phone with people and call them when they're like five minutes late and I would say, Hey, like you just, you haven't called me. I want to know, are you on your way to do this? And it, sucks when you know sometimes people say like oh like you know i'm like traffic i'm on my way or i'm on the streetcar and it's like nearly there but sometimes you do get people who just say oh yeah yeah i don't want to do that anymore it's like well 
that sucks for you, but also it sucks for me. Yeah. And it sucks for someone else who really did want to do this, who I picked you over them. It also sucks for the hundreds of people that your job was going to help their experience, right? At the end of the day, yeah. volunteers are there to help the, the the whole experience. Like there's a store on Roncesvalles, like near the studio, where they were telling me that one of their employees just got up and walked away <laughs> and just didn't come back in the middle of their shift. And it's like Ooh. the other person, like it's normally a staff of one, maybe two at that store. Yeah. So it's like, imagine if you're by yourself and you're just like, nope, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. This is not my, my cup of tea. I'm going to call it quits. And, and you know, it, it happened. It doesn't happen as much anymore, thankfully, again, because people are, uh, I find more and more willing to just like when they're vol- like putting that application in, that means that they do really want to do what they're doing. Well, they're putting in the effort to sign up. So you'd hope that <laughs> so that's yeah. already something. Yeah. They put in yeah. that. But, um, I, re- I remember from North by Northeast and as well, when I worked at turf, like I really, I made it a point of saying like, I need to know what everyone's doing. Like I, when I see this job description for, for someone for like their volunteer position, I need to know exactly what that entails. And not just for me to make sure I know what everything, like what everyone's doing, but I also want to know what it is because if that person doesn't show up and we can't find another volunteer to cover whatever it is, then I got to get in there and do that job, which I'm more than willing to do, of course. But it's just like when you get to that point where, well, we don't have enough people, it's like, okay, then I'm the guy doing that. Yeah. Um, I have very, almost the exact story with, um, it's like for my thesis project, I had to make a short film and I I was going to be the art director. So I wrote a script, uh, someone else was going to direct it. And during the pitch process process, they're, they're like, oh yeah, uh, don't worry guys. This won't be a Luke Peters project. And I'm like, okay, that felt like an attack. Uh, (laughs) but long story short, we like stopped. She didn't want to work with me anymore. And so I had a direct and I never had any interest in directing at all, but it was something I had to do. The film was garbage, but (laughs) I did it because it needed to be done. And I think that's a big thing with anything in the industry is like, if you see an empty hole in a process and the cog kind of thing, if you can fill it, you can, you fill it. Sure. And even if you can't, you kind of learn by, learn by doing like, um, there's so many projects where it's like, oh man, we need to do special effects. And I'm like, oh, well our guy costs $800. We don't have any money left. It's like, okay, I guess I'm doing it for free. And then like, that's another, and now you have a new skill and you have a new, new thing that you can learn. Um, you talked about turf a little bit. That yeah. was a music conference, right? Uh, it was a music festival. Okay, um, tell me about that. Yeah, they uh, they did it for a couple years. Um, it was happening at Fort York, and they it was a two two days of music in Fort York, and they would also do a couple of little satellite shows at Lee's Palace. They would do some at the Horseshoe, and what was nice about that one was they were calling a lot of content kind of in the same way that field trip sort of does now where it's a bit more um, universal. Whereas, you know, like a festival like Veld is, it's all just EDM. And yeah. you know exactly what you're exactly, getting into yeah. when you go there. Yeah. But a festival like Turf was great because they would have, you know, bands like Wilco would play and, you know, like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. But then they would have like, violent femmes play and they would have so it was you know like 
a lot of younger people aren't necessarily going to be going out and ripping Violent Femmes records. But it meant that you had older people who were coming and they were bringing their kids. So it was like actually a very family friendly event yeah. in that you could say, okay, like my kids want to go and see this band play, but also I want to go and see this band play. Yeah. It actually does make sense that we all go to this thing. Well, it's really funny that you mentioned that I went to the U2 concert when it was in Toronto Okay, and, uh, I went with my dad and my parents actually met cause my dad was doing security for U2 nice. and my mom and he brought my mom on stage and uh, th- this is completely off topic, but no, 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 go he, there. Uh, he said that was the biggest mistake of his life. And I asked him why it's like, cause <laughs> in that moment she could have chose Bono over him. <laughs> and I thought that was the sweetest, that was the sweetest thing in the world. Yeah. But is Bono going to pick anyone besides himself? Ooh, yeah. snaps. Take that Roasted. Bono. Bono is our yeah. only listener for this <laughs> podcast. But the reason I brought it up, uh, is like, um, so this year I went to the U2 concert and, in the audience and there were i think it was like oh man mumford not mumford and sons but something like that kind of style opening and uh i heard like a a 15 year old kid saying who's playing after mumford and sons (laughs) and i'm like oh man but you're totally right like you have yeah that's exactly what it is yeah you know it's it's weird to think of a festival like that because usually you have younger people who say, I don't want my parents to be there. And like parents are saying, well, we're going to see whatever concert this is. Yeah. So we'll get a babysitter. Yeah. And it, it was pretty cool to be a part of an event where it was not just family friendly, but it was also, and it was very fam- family friendly and it was really environmentally friendly. It was the first nice. festival I've been to where I'd seen that they were actively discouraging water bottles there. They were selling like, you know, reusable ones, but they actually had like several water stations and yeah. they were trying to get people out of that, which was nice because that was, I think, maybe like five years ago yeah. now that I worked for them. But um, yeah, it, it was great to see um, very well curated content. Uh, and like they did a lot of things that like, you know, I think like they did, they had Guided by Voices come out, which was cool because they had just gotten back together and it was like a very like a big thing in toronto yeah toronto nerds rejoiced um but yeah like it's it, it's cool to see and then like you know but they had like who was it um oh i don't want to say the wrong one it was sharon lois and bram minus uh i think uh one of them died i don't I can't know. remember which I'm, one i'm younger but yeah <laughs> fair enough okay but, um, yeah, like they, they actually have a children's program. Well, it's and, like, it's almost like it's fan forward instead of family forward kind of thing where it's like you have these shows where it's very much like the, the range of fans are very different. Like, absolutely. I find that like you have bands where like they've been kicking around for, for years and, and the music is like Radiohead's still doing stuff. Yeah. Which is insane. Yes. And, and like Thom York's his, his like solo stuff is is absolutely out of this world and yeah. he's still doing albums. But like I, my parents listen to them like when, like when they're kind of like, mo- like starting out a little bit more and like mm-hmm. I'm listening to them now and you kind of have this generational journey that you, you go on with it. And I think that when you have conferences, you want to have that kind of like 
ability where it's going to tick off a bunch of boxes. It's not specifically for a certain audience, which there's a time and a place for, for sure. Like there's a lot of conferences where it's like just for coding or just for illustration. And, and I, I love that, sure. but I mean, we do, we do that with FITC. Yeah. And so, but I think it's really interesting to have a conference like FITC where you have a really nice breadth of, of different topics where you can have people being like, Hey, maybe I want to code. Maybe I want to illustrate. Maybe I want to learn cinema 4d, which literally like so many people that I met just from people being like, (laughs) God, what a funny dude. Oh, he's great. He's the best. He's just, he's a great dude who really loves what he's doing, but he also is just happy to meet people and just happy to have a good time. Yeah. And he's, excited about what he's doing he's, and he's so very excited. off the cuff about what he's doing oh he's so like, off the oh, cuff. whatever man well yeah. uh you know like oh i'm gonna put this little thing in there and yeah. maybe i mean i'm editing this a, a lot dumb. of swearing right here yeah but like uh, just just the fact that halfway through there was like because he did it was so awesome so people i mean i've talked about him a little bit on the show before uh he does every day so it means he basically makes a little like cinema 4d project every single day he's done it for 12 years which is absolute bonkers but like I did a comp, I did a, a workshop with him last year and just like, uh, like, like it was me and like a bunch of other people who are way more talented than I was and from different walks of life. And it was really cool being in that space, but it was just like, he remembered me from the year before and like, he was like, uh, Hey, this guy, this guy's yeah. gonna wear the, <laughs> wear the freaking caterpillar. Like, yeah. Cause he had these that's giant, a pretty good people. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's very, a lot more swearing. Well done. I yeah. describe, I, 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 he kind of sounds like if Mark Wahlberg did, uh, did, uh, like illust or like cinema 4d <laughs> and like, just like the swearing and like the matter of factness, like he's like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm uh, I'm, yeah. I'm people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, yeah. And, but like, anyway, like long story short, like you have him with like a little bit of like everything sprinkled in, but all through that lens of cinema 4d and he is just such a down to earth, amazing guy. And like you, you, you talk to him and it's not like you're talking to someone who put on the lights for, or the, the show for like, uh, he's working with Prada right now, I believe. And he, he is. He did the the halftime show with Coldplay and, yep. and stuff like that. Like he did the album art for uh, oh my god, tw- no, Imagine Dragons. Like, oh okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> well, uh, uh, but yeah, no, like <laughs> what an inspiring dude that is so down to earth and so ready to just have a good time. And it's cool to see the switch where you have someone like that meeting someone that he really respects and, and admires like sure there was a there was a, a private little uh lecture that he did with um uh Tycho, i believe it was yeah yeah and that yeah. was so cool seeing him being like listen man you're just so talented like i wish i could throw a grammys <laughs> and i'm like but you, well and you i mean kinda did. <laughs> like that that talk actually that was a not just because of him and because of Tycho was scott scott hansen yeah um but also Kate Dawkins was oh, doing that so talk. Good. I mean, her work is and Jason White was in there too, I believe. Uh, no, it was G Monk. G Monk was in there, right? It was G Monk. G Monk's yeah. work's great. And Insane. He's got a yes. portfolio that's too long to look at. Yeah. And Kate's work is, you know, you rare is the occasion where you get to see your work, um, like you know, across a stadium. Yeah. But it's even rarer that you get to work with that as your medium. And like that's yeah. how Kate works. And her work is just phenomenal. And it's really cool to see her who, 
I mean, nothing against her, and I don't mean this in any uh, bash at all, but just, like, she's very what, like, I think of when I think of an artist. Like, she kind of has that mentality, that strength, like, very, like, almost, like, I don't want to say graceful, but it feels almost like graceful. She's, like, talking to you, and she's kind of walking you through everything, and, like, it feels like you're Well, she's British. Yeah, she's British, So she just has that, like, way of not, like, she just is, like, you know what, like... I'm, which is funny. I mean, because she's she's also very very down to earth. She's very oh, funny. So she's good. so fun to be yeah. with. But she is a very serious artist, and I don't mean that she carries herself that way. But I mean, she has the capacity to say like, well, yes, this is exactly like a you know like she's very serious. About this it. is this X Y and Z. But I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting, and we're kind of going off topic a little bit. But yeah. just to talk about the the difference that you'd get from people like the speakers at FITC those are two people who not necessarily are doing the exact same work but are kind of doing very similar work on different scales mm-hmm. uh with different purpose too um i think that it was like um it was really funny to hear um what's it called uh Tycho be like hey why don't you just stop after 12 years and, 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 uh, people like, I don't know, man, it's all I have. And I'm like, everyone's like, everyone in the audience, you hear an audible. No, you have done all this stuff. And I think yeah. it's really cool to see someone like Kate, where it's like a very different side where it's almost like I see her in a gallery, but the gallery is literally the world because she has so much stuff going on. Like Absolutely. it's insane. Yeah. But I think she's very much more like the, not the cookie cutter, but she comes across with more of the artist style where people kind of is like, just come he almost seems like a 12 year old dude like on a laptop kind of thing and just hanging out having a great time well there was a there was a night there we were when you know we were all just finishing setting up everything for the the first day of our conference and there's just a few of us hanging around you know we're not really doing much we're just kind of hanging and joking around there's tv on and uh (laughs) my people he's over there and uh there's a ping pong table and yeah, some people are playing ping pong and they stop and he's like, okay. And he puts out his laptop, which is big. It's one it's of those huge. like the turbo charge. Whatever, yeah. It's like holding the surfboard. Yeah. And he opens it up and he's there working. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, come on, come out and hang with us. Nah, man, got to get this done. It's, it's We look at the wa- clock. It's like 1140. We're like, you're doing it now? You haven't done your everyday yet? He's like, got to get it done. Yeah. Got to do it now. Yeah, like, no, dude, it's no, the- but like, I, you know, like that's, we look for people like that when we're thinking about people who are volunteering or working logistics at these things. Yeah, it's for like sure. Someone who has that level of excitement and commitment and just that great attitude. I want, I want my team full of guys like people and yeah. people like Kate Dawkins who are like, I'm serious about what I do. I'm serious about being a good person and I'm always excited. I just now want to do an animation of like superimposing a bunch of peoples into a room being like, ah, like, oh, you gotta get this done. <laughs> like just, they're all picking shit, like little peoples. Well, Hey man, you did the cinema 4d workshop. Oh, so. now I have to do <laughs> Yeah. Now you have to do that. Oh my God. You guys, there's not going to be any <laughs> podcasts out for the next three years as I work on this project. Uh, nice. Oh, my but God. it'll be worth it. At oh, the end. totally worth it. Uh, well that's, that's our time for, for the episode. I wanted, thank you so much for coming on and uh can you talk to us about some of the events that are coming up with FITC yeah for sure uh we've got this is summer right now mm-hmm. and uh we've got a very busy fall we've got our web unleashed which is our second biggest event second only to our toronto event in late april and that is more of a front end web dev 
focused uh, conference. We do it over two days. It's September 13th and 14th at the Hilton in Toronto. And uh, aside from that, we have a couple of smaller one-day spotlight events that uh, we're putting together. One of them is going to be at the start of October, and I believe one is going to be at the start of December. And uh, we also have an event that we help put together with some friends in Calgary called Camp, which is uh, very similar to what we do with Toronto. It's, I was going to go to Camp. It's their like more illustration stuff, right? Well, yeah, it's a it's Motion? more focused on creative storytelling. Yeah, but also there's a there's a focus on advertising and there's a focus on media. So it, it gets a little bit away uh, as far as um, it's not as technology centric. But the technology is still there. And, I mean, we've got a great lineup of speakers there as well. And when's that one? That's going to be October uh, 7th and 8th. Okay. And that is at the Taylor Center for the Performing Arts in Calgary. Yeah. I'm probably going to go to that because yeah. it sounds really amazing. The, the venue is gorgeous. Yeah. And, yeah, we uh, the lineup of speakers, it's up on their website right now. If you just go, it's camp.site. Uh, if you go to their website, you, you can buy uh, your early bird tickets right now and the lineup looks great. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything that you specifically have to plug that you want to plug? Uh, I don't really have anything happening right now. Uh, in my personal life, I have like a band that I play in every now and again, but, uh, I have a record to release that I will do one of these days when mm. I get a few bucks together, I'll get a record pressed and that'll be that, um, but yeah, other than that, I, uh, I, you know, uh, I play baseball and I work out and I go to work and that's what I do, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's great. Living the life. Thank yeah, you so much yeah. for coming on the show, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Patrick McCormick, everyone. Uh, check out our past two episodes on uh, FITC with a little bit of a, a feature of Patrick in there as well. Uh, this is probably going to be the last episode before the season finale with uh, Callan Shergold from uh, Orphan Black. And oh, nice. uh, he's in his he's got a show on CBC Gem right now called uh, Ming's Dynasty. Check that out. But uh, that'll be it for this one. Uh, my name is Luke Peters. We have a great time, guys. It's been super fun. Who knows? Maybe I'm getting just that much closer, just a little bit closer to deserving a podcast. Have a great day, guys. Love you all.